So many, uh, last week we've been looking at this teaching on the laying on of hands. We've been doing a foundational series all through many weeks and a few more weeks to go. And uh, I am so excited to just let you know, you know, the testimonies that came back over the weeks. People called up in a couple of days and said, Pastor, you just taught about the power of laying on of hands and how miracles can happen. And God wants to use every one of you to, so that the power of God can flow through your life. And people called back saying, Pastor, you know, my child was not well and it was, you know, one o'clock in the morning and, and I just remembered you said we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover and uh, lay hands on a child and the power of God came and healed. And another person came and said, Pastor, my child got healed too. Uh, and I believe the word of God, as you receive the word of God upon your life, this word of God can transform your life in a mighty way. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to continue looking at this series on, on the foundational teaching. We're going to look at this series called the laying on of hands. Everybody lift your hands up with me. Look at somebody and say, my hands are anointed hands. Amen. They carry the power of God. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible says. So last week we saw how God wants to allow the anointing. We saw last week about the anointing of God is present. And this anointing can flow through you. Hallelujah. It is not a static anointing. It is not an anointing of God that God wants to keep to himself. It is the anointing of God that God wants it to flow in and through your life. This week, I'm going to take on a, a second part of laying on of hands, and I'm titling it Impartations. Hallelujah. Impartations. The second thing that God wants to do by the laying on of hands is that God wants to impart that anointing onto the lives of people. I'm going to share some things that happened to my own life this, this morning. But first, before that, let us look at the definition of impartations. Impartation is a transference of an unction or an anointing from God to man or from one spirit-filled person to another spirit-filled person. You see that there was an impartation from, from Elijah to Elisha. There was an impartation, you see, from Paul to Timothy. You see that there was an impartation from Moses to Joshua. You look in the Bible, God is a God of impartations. Hallelujah. Many parents, in fact, you want, you want to impart things to your own children. You want something from your life, from your anointing, something that you carry, you desire that it is put on to the lives of children. There are, you can know, what is an example of impartation? You probably see a healing evangelist laying hands on somebody and you see that that gift has been, you know, stirred up in the life of someone else. There is a story of uh, a man called Reinhard Bonke. How many of you heard of Reinhard Bonke? He's a famous evangelist from Germany. He was one of my, you know, the, you know, the early days when I was saved, when I saw some of these guys, I was on fire for God, listening to them and watching them. You know, the Africa shall be saved. And, and you know, it was, um, I said, Lord, I, I want to carry an anointing that these guys have. I want to carry the passion that they have. But, but Reinhard Bonke shares a story of how one day he was in a particular nation and the Holy Spirit guided him, said, go down this road, turn left, go there. And he guided him to a home and he came on that home and he, and he knocked on that door and it was the home of a famous healing evangelist called George Jeffrey. George Jeffrey had seen mighty miracles in his life, mighty miracles. And um, while, while Reinhardt knocked on his door, you know, George Jeffrey was old by now. And Reinhardt knocked on his door and the butler at the door opened up and said, I'm sorry, you cannot meet the man. Uh, you know, he's not well. You know, we just need to make sure he's resting. But George Jeffrey sent word from above saying, from the top floor or something like that, saying, send that man in. I have been waiting for him. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has been waiting for some of you. Hallelujah. Because God wants to put an impartation onto your life. So George Jeffrey, uh, you know, invites Reinhardt to come up and he comes up and George Jeffrey prays over him and imparts an anointing on his life. There are many, many things in the Bible you see where God wants this anointing to flow. He wants it to flow. So the impartation would be like a reception of a supernatural power from the Holy Spirit, a grace of a call of God or a specific anointing or a gift from God that brings a definitive positive difference in the life and the ministry of a person. Something happens to you when you come under that gifting. Something happens to you when you come under that anointing, when you come under that presence. The easiest thing I could tell you about impartation is like when you walked in from outside, the climatic condition was different. And then you walked into the air conditioning and suddenly you feel the environment has changed. The anointing is like that. You can walk into a Holy Spirit environment. Amen. You can, in fact, be a carrier of a Holy Spirit environment yourself. The Bible says in John's Gospel 7, 37 onwards, Jesus stood up one day on the great day of the feast and he cried out like this. He said, if any man, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. If you ever want an impartive of you saying, God, I want this anointing so badly. Lord, you know, from the time I got saved, I got born again. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in a few days' time. And I went for every possible meeting that I could. I, would just, I was just so hungry for the things of God. I would go after it. In fact, those early days, I saw some, meeting, um, you know, some message by Benny and Reinhardt and all these guys. And I saw for the first time, someone laying hands on people and them falling down. I didn't know what it was. But whatever it was, if it was from God, I wanted it. Hallelujah. So, I, you know, I, I would watch those TV, you know, sessions, the messages. And I will say, God, God, can you fill me in a fresh way? I knew that God was pouring his anointing on my life. But one day, uh, a man of God came into our city. And he was ministering. And I heard that he lay hands on people and people are falling down. Now, if people fell down and received something, I wanted it. Not, not that I wanted to fall down. I wanted that anointing so badly. And I remember I went to that meeting. He lay hands on me. Nothing really happened. Nothing really happened on the outside. But something happened on the inside. Look at somebody and say, if any man thirsts. If any man thirsts. The secret is not in the man of God laying hands on you, but also whether we are a, a good conductor of that anointing. Amen. Some people are, you know, it's like electricity. Some people are just so hungry. You're like, it's like, you know, a metal wire just sucks that electricity and lets it flow through. While others are greatly insulated from the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, they, they, need, they got a reputation to protect. They got, a, they got an understanding of wisdom that they carry to protect. But I didn't care two hoots about that. If God was in the house, I wanted this anointing. Now, if you ask me what I wanted the anointing for, actually, I had no plan other than I wanted this gospel to be reaching to the ends of the earth. That, you know, because I do not find... Some people say, oh, he's a pastor, he's an apostle, he's a prophet. Honestly, I don't care. What I care is whether my master will say, well done. Now, that's what I care. Amen. You can be an apostle that gets to heaven and hear from the master, you wicked and unfaithful apostle. Yeah, I'm telling you. 
you can hear you unfaithful ungodly pastor bible in fact dedicates for those of us that feel like you know we're pastors and god's going to use us in fact the bible dedicates an entire chapter talking to pastors you bunch of people that are not, that are hirelings not taking care of the sheep you know the bible talks about you can carry an anointing but you will if you're not faithful to what god has called you for you can lose out on the call of why god go what god has called you for jesus stood on that great day of the feast and he cried out and he said if any man if any man that the key to moving on to another anointing another level of this glory is to thirst for it i started going after i started going for meeting after meeting meeting after meeting i was at those meetings if god was there i wanted to be there and i would say god i want you to pour your love lord i would sit into the nights praying i would wake up early in the morning praying i would just worship god i'd put that i would just be crying and say god fill me lord nobody nobody to lay hands on you at that time but just in those moments of reading the scripture god can pour his impartation upon you with nobody to lay his hands on you hallelujah you don't need somebody's hands you need the hand of god to come on you yet you can be in a holy spirit environment and have no thirst now listen to me carefully i want you to look if you can throw up for me if you can luke's gospel or look it up luke's gospel chapter 5 and i want you to just look at the scripture i want you to say it's it's a story about jesus healing how many of you remember jesus somebody was brought on a on a stretcher a, 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 you know a paralyzed man brought on a stretcher luke's gospel chapter 5 was one the bible says it says now somebody was brought on the stretcher but he was not uh, and it happened while the crowd was pressing around him is that and listening to the word of god and you're standing by the lake again i said it 5:1 Um no that's not the 5. Mm, okay, let me just see. 5:18 5:18 to 27 yeah let's go. And some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were trying to bring him in and set him down in front of him all right next verse but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd they were up on the roof but before you read this i want you to look at another setting which some of you might miss which verse 17. Now look at verse 17. What does it say in verse 17? One day he was teaching and there were some pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of galilee can you imagine this is uh, this is a power there he was and every pharisee and teacher of the law sitting there who had come from every village of galilee and judea and from jerusalem i mean by now jesus was getting well known they came from jerusalem they came from judea they came from galilee and the bible says now look at the next verse what does it say read it loud if you can no no verse 17 that second half Look, read it loud if you can they came from every village of galilee and jerusalem and what was what can you see this that this was a this was a holy ghost moment mm. the power of god was what present hallelujah it's not that other times it's not absent there are there are heaven there are moments of open windows from heaven where god wants to pour out his unction upon a land upon a church upon a group of people and yet many of us we can be in that window we can be in that moment and still miss it the bible says one day he was teaching there were some pharisees teachers of the law that come from every village the power of the lord was present for him to perform healing look at the next go on let's read it verse 18 it says it says and some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were trying to bring him and set him down in front of them and then what happened but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd 
they went up on the roof and let him down through. Here is a bunch of people desperate. They're pushing for an impartation. They're pushing for a miracle. They're saying, God, I am. There was such a crowd. They, they said, what do we do? Somebody among them must have said, who cares about the crowd? Pull that roof apart. But get the man in. Why? Why was he? Here is a hungry bunch of people. Why? They recognized the power of God was present. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and say, they recognized. I think it's so important for us to recognize a move of God. It's important to recognize the moment of God. And they went and they went to the roof, let him down through tiles and stretched into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. And what happens? Seeing their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven to you. And by now, the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and said, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? You see, on one side, the power of God is present. And all the Pharisees from all around town are present. When somebody was getting a life-changing miracle, others were in the same environment and missed it. Mm. Look at somebody and say they missed it. Can you see that? You can be together in the same place. One can grab it. Another can miss it. One can catch it. Another can miss it. One can hold on to the, 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 the theological uh, intricacies that didn't make sense to them. The other went with raw faith. Hallelujah. You know, for a long time I heard people, you know, when we were growing up, we heard this. We plead the blood of Jesus and the protection of the Holy Spirit upon you. You know, we, either these prayers that we made. And as the years went by, I had theologians ask me, where in the Bible does it say that you plead the blood of Jesus and the protection of the Holy Spirit? You don't plead the blood of Jesus like that. So I was thinking, well... As a kid, I was wondering, well, well, theologically, they're right that we don't really see pleading, anybody pleading the blood of Jesus. But neologically, it worked. So I wondered, how come theologically it wasn't sounding right, but, but it just worked so many times in our life. And I realized when somebody was reaching out in raw faith that they're willing to tear the roof apart. And others are looking at the original Greek root of that word. You can be in a place where God is. God, I want it so badly. I want this anointing so badly. I said, Lord, I want to go after it. Impartations. God wants to impart things on your life. One of the ways God imparts things into our lives is by the laying on of hands. He uses men and women of God to lay hands on you. And because he lay hands on you, an impartation can come on your life through the laying on of hands. Many years ago, I was in college and there was a situation uh, back in college where some bunch of people got against us and, and, and they were lying, they, they, they were slandering something about me, they were destroying my reputation. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, do not speak a word back, get, get out of the city, go to another city and you don't say anything back to them. I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll hold my peace and I left the city. About a year later, there was another conference and the Lord spoke to me, said, go back to the city, take a whole bunch of them. I got about 30, 40 of them and we all went to this conference in a third city. When I went to the conference, the conference would start at 8 o'clock in the morning. But myself and my friend, Dr. Matthew, we would take the bikes and go at 4 o'clock in the morning to get inside the auditorium to book those front seats. 
Now, because I knew the organizers, you know, we could sneak our way in at 4 o'clock. And we took handkerchiefs and books and, and, you know, anything we could to block 40 seats for our people that have come from all over the place. And, and I am blocking seats for people who the last year destroyed my reputation. See, we're not serving God because one fine day the anointing came on us and we became changed. We're serving God because when people were trying to destroy us, we were still going after the impartation. Amen. The Bible says exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west. It comes from the Lord. When they're going after you, you go after the Lord. Hallelujah. You take your eyes off the people that are tearing your reputation apart. Put your eyes on the Lord. Hallelujah. We went after 4 o'clock in the morning. We kept all those things and, and blocked them. The conference was going on. And I had this front row, the seat there. And I saw this uncle who was a drunk. And at that moment in my heart, I have two choices. Either I preserve my front row seat, second row in fact at that point, for a second row seat, and I can enjoy the meeting and be under the man of God because the front rows carry an anointing, you know what I'm saying? Especially the keys are playing and you can set that, you know, environment. And I saw this drunk man at the door and he was an uncle I cared about. And I told myself, hey, wait a minute, he's here. I need to get him. So I got up. The rest for your day, I got up, went up to the door, Got this uncle by the hand. I said, come here, uncle. The guy was a little drunk. Brought in the front. I gave him my seat. No, I didn't have a seat to sit down. But the Lord, the moment I gave him that seat, the Lord spoke to me and said, John, I'm going to call you on stage and prophesy over you. I said, oh, wow. And there was a mighty man of God that was ministering. I had never seen him. I'd never heard about him before. That was the first time I heard about that man and saw that man at the conference. While I was waiting, the God gave him the seat and waiting there. And the man of God was preaching Suddenly he stopped, he looks at you, brother. And he said, me? He said, yeah, you. And he pulled me up and he began to prophesy over me. And he began to prophesy and say things, say things that were going on in my life over the last one year. And the 40 are sitting there. Hallelujah. When God tells you to close your mouth, it's sometimes because he wants to release his anointing on you. And prepare your heart to carry that anointing. After he prophesied some things, you know, I stood up, he was singing, I surrender all. I just stood up and I threw my hands up, I was crying, I was singing. He said, come here on stage, brother. And so he called me on stage. I went up on the stage, he looked at me and he said, I see your heart, brother. So many holes on it, so many wounds, so many words have been spoken against you. And he said, but you are not an empty man, neither are my hands empty hands. With this I want to impart my prophetic mantle onto your life. The anointing of God came on me. Something happened to me that day. Hallelujah. Something happened to me that day. There was an impartation. Everybody say loud, impartation. There was an impartation that happened on my life. I knew the way I was ministering began to change. The way I, you know, something just happened so deep in my heart. That man of God later on, we met later, later at some point. And then he said, John, you know what? We need to be preaching together sometime. And I would think in my heart, me preach with him? Not possible. This is a big man of God. But you know what? Even that has come to pass. God brought about events over the years where we, st we, we, we stood on stage, sa same stages, and ministered God's word and prophetically released the word of God. God has an impartation. He wants you to receive an anointing by the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. There is an anointing that can be imparted, but the key is thirst. I was in a conference many years ago. Uh, about 3,000 people came to the conference. It was in an indoor stadium. 
and i was hungry for god again i was there morning <laughs> eight o'clock conference or nine o'clock conference at that time eight o'clock i think and i was there early in the morning i went there went inside and i went and the first few rows were pastor's rows and there were three thousand people auditorium uh so stadium in fact indoor stadium so after the first three rows or something i put my a seat you know kept a seat uh, in the fourth row after that I, and I went out for tea and came back in the morning. It's still 8 o'clock in the morning, getting ready to, for the conference. And when I came back, an elderly lady is sitting there on my chair. So I looked at her and I said, excuse me, that's my chair. She looked at me and she said, no, now it's my chair. And I said, no, I kept my thing there. She said, then why did you go out? Now it's my place. I said, no, but you, you can't sit there. I said, well, in fact, oh yeah, in fact, I asked her. I said, why do you want to sit here? She said, I want to sit here because... In the front, when I sit here, the anointing comes on me. I said, even I want the anointing. She said, you start anywhere, the anointing will come on you. Now I'm getting a little bug. She's taken my place. She's telling me she wants the anointing. She said, I am standing there and wondering what to do. This is before the conference has started. And what the worship leader on stage, standing there, he looked and he saw me in this crowd. He had seen me from a distance. And I had preached at that conference in their church two months before this. And he knew I led worship. So he sent somebody, hey, John is there, call him and call him. And I went up to him, I said, hey, hi, how are you, Pastor? What's happening? He said, John, would you like to join the worship team? Now, this was a pastor's conference, 3,000 people and a few leaders from different places from around India, they were there. I said, you want me to lead worship here? So yeah, why don't you join lead worship? Let's, I mean, let's have a great time. So I said, okay. He said, pick your stuff from there, bring it. Now, the worship team was in the front row with the pastors. Amen. Now, you know, sometimes God sets you up. Look at somebody and say, it's a setup. <laughs> if you're hungry for God, God will set you up. I moved to the front row and this man of God was preaching day after day. Weep, I led worship. The glory of God was there. The presence of God came. And, 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 one, and that was a time the Lord was speaking to me to start Trudby Ministry. And I was afraid because I was in my 20s. And I told the Lord, Lord, who will ever start a ministry unless you're at least 45? You know, those of you that come from, you know, a few years ago, at least, I always think, if you need minimum 45 years of maturity to start a ministry, otherwise you just join somebody and work with them. But the Lord was speaking, no, I want you to start toward me, start toward me. And I said, Lord, Lord, I can't, I, I, this is too, too much for me, I'm too young for this. And I said, Lord, I can't start an organization, I don't even know how to run an organization. And I said, I'm afraid, Lord. And while this preacher was preaching, he suddenly turns to me when I'm sitting in, in, in among the thousands of people. And he looks and he says, do not be afraid of organizations. Organizations are from the Lord. I froze. Because <laughs> I'm just having my little talk with God. I can't start to me. I, I don't know how to do this. Don't be afraid of organizations. Organizations are from the Lord. And then he says, organizations are a vehicle for the anointing to flow. Bang, it hit me. I said, yes, Lord. If you, if you really want this anointing, impartation that God is putting on our life and ministry, got to flow. We have to organize it. We got to put it together. You cannot get into the next level of your life without reorganizing yourself for the things that God has called you in this moment of life. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, the anointing of God needs to flow. And this man was just preaching away. I just suddenly understood that. What he was saying, by the end of the conference, they were laying hands on 3,000 people. As they were laying hands, they were just laying hands like this, two by two, two by two, two by two, just laying hands and releasing them to laying hands. Finally, myself and my friend, both of us went up to the front. He came to us, he looked at both of us, and he said, give me some fresh oil, brother. So he took some oil and put his hands on us, and he said, with this, 
I want to impart an anointing. You know, he released us into the apostolic. Now, the point I want to make is here. On that day, he lay hands on 3,000. But God, the same man can lay hands on different people, but God sees the hunger and the thirst. An impartation happens by the laying on of your hands. The laying on of your hands is, is powerful. Impartations happen in different ways. Sometimes by leaders modeling their life, by watching their life, there is an impartation that can happen just by looking at the leaders. Sometimes an impartation happens in the company of the anointed. The Bible says it for Samuel 10.10. The Bible talks about how Samuel, in fact, Samuel was running after David. He wanted to grab David and he wanted to arrest David. First Samuel 10.10 and also... Uh, in, uh, in 1 Samuel 19, 20, we see that Saul and all these guys are running and a company of prophets are standing there and they're prophesying. While these guys are prophesying, Saul runs in and he comes under that anointing. You can, you can get influenced by the anointing of the man that you walk with. You can... You can get influence. That is why, that's why you've got to be careful who you walk with. The Bible says you walk with the wise, you become. But the companion of fools comes to destruction. We have to be careful who we walk with because their anointing will influence you. Their anointing will build you up, will teach you, will tell you things. In fact, this anointing can flow by the laying on of hands, by touch, it can even flow through inanimate objects. The Bible says it, it, it flowed by just shadow falling. Peter was passing by and the shadow fell on somebody. Look at somebody and said, even my shadow is anointed. <laughs> Amen. You know why I'm making you say this? Because you never say it otherwise if you didn't. You never knew that God could do that. Hallelujah. Not only your hands. Even your shadow can carry an anointing. Inanimate objects, a woman who was bleeding, the Bible says, she just touched, she didn't touch Jesus. She touched the hem of his garment. That God would allow the anointing to flow through physical objects. Jesus looked at the disciples in John 20, blew on them. He just blew on them. The air carried their anointing. The cloth could carry the anointing. In fact, dead, dry bones could carry the anointing. Elisha was, uh, was dead and gone, and he was in the grave. Now, the Bible says somebody had died, and they picked him up, and they threw him into the grave. And that was Elisha's grave. Long after Elisha was dead, his dead bones still carried an anointing. Amen. Why? Because God can cause his presence, his anointing, to linger upon inanimate objects. Upon handkerchiefs, upon oil, upon cloth, upon... Now, now, does not mean that you got to go looking for some bones now. You don't have to... Don't go after dead bones. Go after the living Savior. Hallelujah. You can carry an anointing on your life because this anointing is transferred. This anointing can come upon you directly from God. He can just, he can just find you in the middle of a forest and say, I want to put my anointing on you. He can just find you in the middle of nowhere. But the key is if any man... Thirsts. Thirsting is so vital for the anointing. You have to thirst for the things of God. You, you can receive the anointing in times of worship and in prayer. Or just by hungering for the things of God, you receive an anointing on your life. This impartation 
the bible says in the laying on of hands there are four specific things that can happen in an impartation while the laying on of hands the first thing imparted by the laying on of hands is the baptism in the holy spirit peter and john and james and all the bible says the apostles they would go and when people would turn to god they would go to places and lay hands and when they laid hands and prayed people would get baptized in the holy spirit but the secret was thirst i shared the story the the other day about i was in nagpur i was preaching at a pastors meeting one day and it was a small room there were you know a few number of people maybe 50 60 people packed up in a small room and uh, and we were praying for the holy spirit we were praying for the pastors laying hands on them and while i was praying there wasn't much place in the room you know if you've been in a meeting where there isn't much place it's hot and sweaty and you're laying hands and and i felt somebody pull my pant like this and i wonder i'm laying hands on who's pulling my pant and i look is a little 6 year old boy pulling my pant and i looked at him and i said yes what do you want he said pastor mujhe bhi chahiye abhishek i also want the anointing and i knelt down and with the little boy down there and i knelt down and i said i want to pray for you and i lay hands on this neither does the anointing recognize your theology the anointing recognize your faith hallelujah if the anointing would only fall upon theologically correct things it wouldn't fall on bones or inanimate objects the anointing is looking for something to carry or someone to carry will you be that vessel carrying the anointing of god i began to hunger and i said god i want this so badly i want the anointing why because there is much work to do the anointing is not about you and me it's about lost people do you know why god calls you it shocked me one day when i heard a man of you it's about the lost because god loves people so much he's still calling you and me and he's asking us to respond to that call when you lay hands the bible says a baptism of the holy spirit can happen when you lay hands the bible says blessing can happen that the blessings of god can flow by the laying on of hands that's why every father every mother every every one of you must lay hands on your children and bless them don't look at them and say you hopeless useless terrible failure in mathematics who cares about mathematics you know it, it's not a question of either failure in this or that whether whether you are someone who who is obedient to the call of god what's the use of being a wizard in math and disobedient to the call of god what is the use if you're not willing to respond in obedience so the, so you must take time as parents and bless your children you must speak blessing on them tell them you will be the head not the tail hallelujah lift your hands those of your parents say lift your hands and say my children are anointed children say my children are blessed of the lord they are blessed and highly favored hallelujah amen our children will be blessed and highly favored why because the words of our mouth carry an anointing amen our words carry an anointing words are powerful words are powerful in fact they have done studies on this they have done studies of a man who stood in front of a plant or plants and every day just cursed the plant just cursed it spoke curse and cursed it and cursed it and he found out very soon after the plants begin to wilt and dry up and the same he stood in front of some plants and he did experiments again and again and again and just blessed it 
and blessed it and blessed it and blessed it and the plants begin to grow why because your words carry an anointing that is why you should look at yourself and say i'm not good for nothing that's a lie of the devil that's cooperating with the enemy you should look at someone and say i'm a child of god amen and you must look at yourself and say i am called by god i am authorized i am deputized by heaven how many of you sense that deputy deputizing from heaven amen we are authorized we are deputized by the king of glory amen and many times when we pray for somebody and the miracle did happen and we wonder why lord the miracle didn't happen and we feel like going away and say i laid hands it didn't happen but the bible says the disciples tried to cast the demon out from somebody it didn't work they tried again it didn't work you know sometimes i've tried to cast a demon out many times the demons have left sometimes the demon look and say especially when we were in college in those years the demons would look and say na hogala <laughs> i won't go so i said what <laughs> you won't go <laughs> in fact one day i was in andhra pradesh at a pastors conference we i was getting ready to preach just before that the worship was ending one pastor started manifesting <laughs> so now i'm wondering wait a minute pastors conference pastor manifesting <laughs> this pastor started manifesting as a i rebuke you demon come out of him and the demon demon say we are many so i said i want you to come out in jesus name i said no we won't come out ogala won't go so why won't you come out he said because this demon is saying because we have a right of access in him because of women in his life i'm shocked i'm so what and i said i rebuke you say come out in jesus name now these demons are telling speaking back and saying but there are no pigs here I said, wait a minute this is not going right here. i said i don't care if there are pigs or not come on and i screamed and the demons left the guy got up he folded his hand looked at me and he said pastor please forgive me why because i know there are four women in my life these demons got in through that the moment he was delivered you are not called to be a carrier of demonic power you got called to carry the unction of the kingdom of heaven amen you will carry this unction look at somebody and say these hands are anointed hands they carry an impartation my words are anointed words i saw you to be you to be very careful what you speak and declare over your home over your generations this anointing can be transferred it transferred jesus bread on them was transferred in breathing was transferred by touch You see in Luke 6:19 the Bible says the crowd tried to touch him everybody was trying to touch him clothes were carrying the anointing Elisha's bones were carrying the anointing impartations were happening now some people say I, I, you know you look at the net and all they'll tell you all kinds of rubbish a whole bunch of people who says that there is no such thing called impartation no such thing called impartation they say but the moment the bible says and Jesus gave them authority to go out and heal the sick and cast out demons what was that and that was an impartation of his authority the bible says that god took the spirit from of moses and put it on the 70 elders what is that that's an impartation amen god wants to impart either directly or by somebody laying hands on you or by somebody speaking that word on you god wants to impart that this spiritual he wants to also by the laying on of hands another thing that happens is that the call of god on your life is stirred up that is why if you know that there is a specific kind of unction on your life go after people that carry that kind of unction so that you can receive 
an anointing or growth in that. If you feel God's called you to be an evangelist, go to some conferences, some fire conferences, where you know that the burden of that mission or that call can come upon your life. If God has planted you in a church and you know this is the place through which God wants to use you, go after the man of God. Try to receive. Try to One round we came back and said, thirst. Now we've come another round. We've gone back and we're saying, desire. If we don't desire, we will not receive. Because God responds to hunger. So when God wants to use you, God wants to use you. There is an unction that comes on you. If you're serving on the worship team, there is an unction that comes on the worship team. If you're serving as an ushering, there is an anointing that comes. I said, you ushers, you stand at the door and there is an anointing that is on you because you're serving the house. People coming in through the door, just your smile can brighten up somebody's day. Just your, you know, just you look at somebody saying, good morning. It's not just a gentle greeting. It is a greeting of an anointed servant of God standing at that door. David said, I'd rather be a usher at the, the doorman at the house of God than to spend a thousand in any other place. Wait a minute. A CEO of an entire kingdom is saying, I'd rather be an usher at the church door. Why? Because of the anointing. He loved the anointing. He anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. When God wants to use you and you begin to serve God faithfully, in the ministry, God can even release a mantle on your life. There is a mantle that comes on you. I have personally had moments of my life I have seen mantles come on me. Mantle is a responsibility. It's an office responsibility. Uh, when I say office, I don't mean corporate office. I mean ministry office. A mantle like Elisha received from Elijah. Like Timothy received from Paul. How did they receive it? They went after it. They went after it. They wanted it so badly. Elijah asked Elisha, what do you want? Now, Elisha did not say anything, pastor. You know, whatever you want, pastor, anything you can give me. You know, that, he didn't say that. He looked at Elijah and said, Elijah, what? My father, what? I want a double of what you have. Now, you're asking somebody who's got five rupees, I want a double of that. Elijah looked at him and said, I don't know what you're asking for, but I know one thing. If you see me being carried away under that anointing, fire of God, you will receive a double portion. Elijah knew he did not have it in him but Elisha was ready for a direct encounter with God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we go after people and they don't have it in them. Sometimes God positions you for a divine encounter yourself. But whatever it is, you have to go after it. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, go after it. Come on. When this happens, this mantle comes on you. What is this mantle? It is the spirit. It's the heart. The Bible says that the spirit of Moses was on Joshua. The Bible says the spirit of Elijah was on Elisha. The Bible, this means the, the spirit, the anointing, the heart. The Bible says that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Which means there was a mantle. John the Baptist was carrying that mantle that Elisha, that Elijah had left behind. It was passed on. Paul and Timothy were carrying a mantle. You can also carry a mantle. In the laying on of hands, a mantle can sometimes be transferred onto your life. If God has called you for the ministry. A mantle of an anointing. And that anointing, listen, listen. That mantle is not passed on from individual to individual. Listen to me. 
Mantles are passed on from ministry office to ministry office. Hallelujah. Mantles are passed on from leaders to leaders, from prophets to prophets, from intercessors to intercessors. Now, can others also begin to pray intercession and be a mighty intercessor without somebody's mantle following you? No, absolutely you can. How? Because of a sovereign anointing that God is putting on you. If, if you don't have somebody to lay hands on you, I just tell you, go after God. He will put both his hands on you. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. He will begin something new through your life. But if any man thirsts, hallelujah. So just what do you do when you find, know that God wants to put a mantle on you? I'm just going to quickly leave you five keys here. What do you do when you find a mantle you are getting? I somehow sense some people here in this place are going to get ready for some new move of God in your life. Hallelujah. There is some unction, there's some stirring up that is going to happen this morning. There is going to be a shift in your spiritual life, shift in the words you speak, shift in the ways you, the ways you, the ways you operate. Uh, this, uh, because you don't know when those moments come in your life. Though, you know, when I came into full-time ministry, there was this man of God. I was looking for a mighty man of God to be under. And the Lord spoke to me one day and uh, told me, go to one city. And I went with a friend of mine to one city. And when I went into that city, I walked into this, this hotel room and they introduced me to this man of God. Hello, uh, Pastor so-and-so, this is Dr. John. And I was, I was 20, I was very young. I would have been 23 at that time or 24. I walked in and this man of God looks at me, doesn't introduce anything, looks at me, starts prophesying. Mm. For 20 minutes he went on. He began to prophesy. The Lord says, you know, I was asking the Lord, I said, God... God, give me a Paul. Lord, I need a Paul. Lord, I need a Paul. Lord, I need a Paul. Lord. For months together, I was saying, God, who is the Paul you want to train me under? Train me under a Paul. And the Lord would never answer me. I walked into this room. This man of God is there. He looks at me and he says, the Lord says you've been asking him for a Paul. I'm shocked now because I'm just introduced. And he says, the Lord says you've been asking me with a Paul for a Paul. The Lord says, you are a Paul. And you will raise up many Timothys in the nations of the world. Stop asking for a Paul. See, God leads different people differently. He prophesied over the next 20 minutes. And you know what? I walked out of that place so moved by God. And the Holy Spirit looked at me and spoke to me and said, I want you to go and submit to this man. I said, I cannot submit to this man. You know why I couldn't submit to him? Because he was about five foot tall. And he spoke through his nose. Yes, Dr. John, how are you? I didn't like the way he spoke through his nose. You see, sometimes we are looking for, we are looking for the physical. We are looking for that mighty man. We, someone we saw on TV. God's got someone for you that probably is not what you are looking for. You are looking for that mighty evangelist. God's got someone specifically cut out for you. Hallelujah. I said, I walked out of the place. I said, Lord, I can't submit to him. I said, Lord, he speaks through his nose. The Lord said, this is the man you will submit to. But because I love the Lord, I walked out saying, Lord, if you say so, this is what it will be. Thus began a journey between me and that man. He became a spiritual father to me, spoke into my life, began to teach me, began to pour into my life, and released me into the things of God. And I begin to see over the years how the race is not to the swift. It's not the people you look at. It's not the people you plan for. It is God strategically bringing people into your life. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, get hungry. 
So what do you do when God brings somebody? Follow the leader God is planting you under. Now should you all go looking for mighty men of God? I want you to know, you are not ready for mighty men of God in the nations. You know why? Because you aren't prepared for that. They don't have all the time in the world for all of this. Unless God strategically connects you. But begin to serve the place, the house, the home God has planted you in until God knows it is time to take you into another level. Secondly, you must believe in the ministry of these anointed people. You can't, you can't criticize something and expect to receive a blessing. Because why? There are words in your mouth. Carry an anointing. You can't doubt something and expect to receive. The Bible says if a man doubts, it's like a man tossed by the wind. He shouldn't expect to receive anything, the Bible says. You can't be part of a ministry and not believe in that ministry. Thirdly, you must sincerely love the, the man of God. And honor the call of that person. There was a time this man of God whom the Lord asked me to submit to. The man who spoke through his nose. One day he picked up the phone, misunderstood me. 45 minutes, blasted me on the phone, scolded me. He's no longer, he's gone to be with the Lord now. This, this Early this year he went to be with the Lord. Was a father to me. He called me on the phone, 45 minutes, scolded me. And he's scolding me over something. And I knew he, was, he misunderstood, it was wrong. He's in a, I listened to all of that. I listened to all of that and I knew that the man was scolding. It was something to do with the ministry. scolding me because he misunderstood something. But I knew in my heart, if I don't honor him now, when he misunderstands me, what makes me think I can honor him when he understands everything about me? You see, the real test of your character is not when the man of God is kind to you. The real test of your character is when the man of God is saying things to you that just don't make sense to you. The Bible says, Eli looked at Hannah and said, you're drunk at this hour. You know, if it was any of our, our people here, is this the pastor? Is he a man of God? Hannah looked at his said and calls Eli, my father, it is not as you think. It is the cry of a broken heart. Honor the man of God. The anointing, even if they misunderstand you, the anointing is carried in that mantle. Serve that house. Hunger for the things of God. And say, God, I want an impartation on my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every eye closed in the presence of God. I believe something is going to... Some, there, there is something the Holy Spirit is stirring. Oh, if any man thirsts, I see, I see the, uh, like a stone being rolled away from front of a grave. I just believe some situations of your life, there is a resurrection that is happening. Go ahead, lift your voice. Just plug in with the Holy Spirit, you and God. I believe wherever you're sitting, God wants to pour out an anointing and impartation on your life. Oh, hallelujah. You want to stand up, you stand up. You want to just plug into God, kneel down, whatever you want. I believe there is an anointing that is here in this house this morning. Father, we worship you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for 
an impartation, Lord God, come upon the house of God. Let us Oh, let there be an anointing upon this worship team, oh God, that they will play skillfully with a loud sound, with a new noise, with a new song. Rinda Bakashala Bakara. Oh, just receive that. Just play it out. Just play it out. Just play it out. Receive that anointing. Receive that anointing. Rakabasana Kada. Makotokorobia Sakalpere. Ze Taramia Kasana Labakasere. I see a spirit of fear being broken right now. In Jesus' mighty name. I rebuke that spirit of fear. You have no authority in the lives of these people. Hallelujah. Father, I pray, Lord God, let, let leaders in households, let apostles, let businessmen, Father, Lord God, let ushers, let, let men and women of faith arise in this house, O oh God. Let them go forth into the nations, O oh God. Let them be mighty vessels in the nations of the world. Let them carry faith. We will be a world-impacting house, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray financial, financial challenges to be broken in Jesus' mighty name. I pray let the children carry an impartation. Let it go from generation to generation to generation. Let it be poured out upon their lives, oh God. I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. I just pray for angelic ministries. Let people here experience angelic ministries. Malka, Dina, Sakara, provision, protection, the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Rekel Farah. Lord, the camp of it, camps of praise and worship to break forth in their spirits, oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We just, we just suck it in. We receive, oh Lord, from your presence. We receive from your presence this morning. We give you glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I just believe God has done something in this house today. I believe some impartation has happened. Let's rise up to our feet. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Even as we continue to worship, we will give to the Lord joyfully. Instructions are up on the screen. If you need an envelope, just lift up your hand.